2: We got the Super Bowl this weekend. Our next guest is out in Vegas. God bless him. God bless... I, I, Albert, do you know what day... Albert Breer joins us on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Do you know what day it is? <laughs> um,
3: yeah, one day closer to me going home from here.
2: That's also that's pretty fair. Um, <laughs> so, I got, so what are the early reviews of the NFL's first Super Bowl in Las Vegas?
3: I mean, it's fine. I, I don't think... You know, I, I actually, like, sort of had the idea that this might be like New Orleans. And, and I mean in a way that, like, New Orleans is able to absorb uh, people and absorb crowds and absorb the highest hysteria. And it doesn't seem like when you're in New Orleans, um, they don't seem overwhelmed by anything. You know, you don't get the, uh, I think I've used this term with you guys before, the 10 pounds of, you know what, and the five-pound bag effect that you do in a lot of season Super Bowls are there. So, I thought because of this city's um experience hosting big events and because of the amount of hotel rooms that maybe they would absorb the event just like uh New Orleans. I was wrong about that I mean the traffic was horrific last night, and um I think this is going to be probably a messy few days but uh, but in a lot of ways it it is built for it, and there's a lot that uh, there's a lot of thing a lot of things here that um well when you look at the way the city's set up it you know it lends itself to big events
2: Albert I do want to get back to the Super Bowl in a minute but I saw you quote tweet the Browns press release from earlier today uh, kind of in relation to their uh, recent land purchases and the stadium yep. future what what were your big takeaways or what were your big takeaway from that
3: well my biggest takeaway without question was that um the whole thing about, like, multi-use or what, whatever it was. You guys know the term. I, I don't have it in front of me, whatever it was. It was something about finding a way to to, to bring different events to Cleveland. And um, to me, that screams dome, you know. And this sort of feels similar to, and I don't know how you guys, how familiar, familiar you guys are with it, but the land deal in Chicago and um, you know, how the Bears bought land out in the suburbs. And it was very clearly done with the idea of, You know, building stuff around the stadium, building the stadium itself and putting a roof over the stadium so it could potentially host Super Bowls and Final Fours and all those things. And so, you know, when you when you see some of those buzz terms in 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 a press release um, and this is about, you know, attracting big events to the Cleveland area, um, I think you can probably bet that that means that if they do build a new stadium out there, it will be with a roof over it.
4: Albert, do you think that there's a middle market size area that has pulled off something like this that Cleveland should try and emulate when thinking of a new stadium for the Browns? I mean, I try to think, guys. Like, I mean, as far as just like being able to attract big events consistently.
2: Yeah, or like the multi-use stadium and kind of how I mean, in Indianapolis
3: out. has done a nice job with it, I would say, right? Like, is that a fair comp? Yeah. Like, you know, Indianapolis has got all the convention space and they're sort of... You know, right in the middle of the country, and um, you know, so I think Indianapolis—they've had the Big Ten title game there, they've had national championship game there, they've had Final Four there. Um, they've obviously had the Super Bowl there once, and you know, Super Bowl actually—I would say the Super Bowl there was better than it's been in Vegas, uh, believe it or not. You know, um, just logistically and how the whole thing was set up. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's—it's—you it's, know—that that that would be the example. Um, The issue with that, of course, is that like Indianapolis, like it took years and years and years for Indianapolis to build up to that. And, you know, having the big um, having the big events, um, the big convention events, you know what I mean? Like the big business events and then sort of parlaying that into sports and entertainment is is sort of how it worked there. But I guess Indianapolis would probably be the model if you're talking about like a mid mid mid-sized
2: Midwestern city. Albert, the Browns have never played in a Super Bowl. They have never hosted a Super Bowl, which I believe makes them one of 32 teams in the NFL to have uh, either of those things, or sorry, neither of those things. Would a Super Bowl in Cleveland ever be a real possibility?
3: I mean, I think they would get one. Um, you know, if they built a new stadium, I, I think if they put a roof on it um, the same way Detroit got one at the Silverdome, then got one at Ford Field, the same way Minnesota got one at the Metrodome and then one at U.S. Bank Stadium, I think they would get one. Um, and it's, you know, generally that happens. is sort of a payback to the region for building um, a stadium. The NFL will do that. Um, it's much harder to host multiple Super Bowls or be in the, in the rotation. And, you know, if you look at, like, the cities that have new stadiums now, and Miami just renovated. Dallas has a new stadium. They haven't been able to get in the rotation. They, they, they wanted to initially, but they sort of backed off on that. And the first Super Bowl didn't go great there. Um, you know, Arizona Stadium is less than 20 years old. Uh, Vegas' stadium is new. L.A.'s stadium is new. Um, San Francisco is now going to get a second Super Bowl, and their stadium is not very old. Uh, it's, it's tough to crack into the rotation. So do I think they would get one Super Bowl? Yeah, they'd probably get one Super Bowl. Do I think that they get multiple Super Bowls? It's much, much harder to envision that.
4: Albert, as far as the actual Cleveland Browns go, instead of all the stadium talk, the actual football team, um, with Bill, do you think that there was any reason other than family that Bill Callahan left the Browns for Tennessee?
3: I mean, I think it was family first and foremost. I don't think he leaves unless there's that special circumstance out there um, with, with with it with his son Brian getting the head coaching job in in Nashville and and having the opportunity to coach with his son that said I mean I think it is fair to ask the question um, if Alex Van Pelt had still been there if Stump Mitchell had still been there if that staff had still been there would it have been a little bit harder for Bill Callahan to leave I think that might be fair Um, you know he's obviously older he's obviously very accomplished and um, you know, and, and, and I think that offensive staff did a lot of great things last year. We talked about playing with four different quarterbacks, winning with four different quarterbacks, um, winning with your fourth and fifth tackles, winning without Nick Chubb. Um, it probably would have been a little harder for Bill Callahan to say goodbye to Cleveland um, if all those guys were back. I think maybe what it did was it made it, you know, it effectively maybe made it a little easier when, you know, his sons, you know, came to him and, and, and asked him, to walk away because what is he leaving now I mean, he's leaving kevin Stefanski, who i know um, they've got a very good relationship so i'm sure that wasn't easy but then on the offensive side i mean you're talking about you know starting over all together so um, you know again like i think it's just made it easier for, for for bill callahan to make the decision to go
2: albert i have no frame of reference for the new offensive yeah. line coach here alex dickerson I, yep. have, I have I have, hired... It's Andy, like,
3: by the way, so you did show uh, how little frame of reference you have. <laughs> I was thinking
2: about the former Pirates first baseman and outfielder and Padres. So, how about Andy Dickerson? What can you tell me about him?
3: Um, yeah, he's really well-respected. You know, he's done a good job in Seattle. If you look at, like, what they did um, the last few years, in developing the young tackles, Charles Cross, Maeve Lucas. Um, a really good run game. You know, and then he's steeped in sort of the McVay system, having seen that system from the ground floor. You know, He was the assistant O-line coach with the Rams when um, when those guys came aboard back in 2017. So, um, you know, from the standpoint of getting to see it um, and, and see that system on its way up in Los Angeles and then getting to move into an elevated role and, and help build a run game and help develop tackles, be the lead guy in those sorts of things in Seattle. Um, I think he's as prepared as anybody to replace Bill Callahan. Again, it's not going to be easy. Um, Callahan's probably the most respected line coach in the league over the last 20 years. Um, but if you're looking for a young guy who's got a chance to do it, I think Andy's behind that
4: list. Albert, do you think Sunday could be Andy Reid's last game on the sidelines?
3: I don't think so. Um, now, I, like, I, I'm, I don't want to say that I'm speaking with a ton of authority on that, but if you talk to enough people, um, talk to enough people and in Kansas City, and, and, uh, you know, you kind of look into the way he's operated. You just see a guy who's still passionate about it, a guy who obviously has Patrick Mahomes. Um, You know, somebody there said to me that when you pull into the parking lot, doesn't matter how early you get, Andy Reid's car is going to be there. And when you leave at night, doesn't matter how late you're leaving, Andy Reid's car is going to be there. Um, There's still tremendous passion for the job. Um, and there's an opportunity to keep winning championships with Patrick Mahomes there. So, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of things that have gone on in his life in the last few years, and obviously he's
2: 65 years old. So he's not getting any younger. Uh,
3: but the people who are there don't see him retiring after this year, win or lose on Sunday,
2: Albert, whose legacy, any of the players, any of the coaches, anybody involved on Sunday, whose legacy grows the most with a win on Sunday?
3: I would say Kyle Shanahan probably, right? Because I think, you know, obviously Mahomes would go into three Super Bowls from two, but he's going to have more cracks at this. Um, you know, I think with Kyle Shanahan, if you if you look at it and look at the two possible conclusions here, it's either two two Super Bowls, four, um, four NFC title game appearances in the last five years and no rings to show for it, versus four conference title games, two Super Bowls, and capped with a championship at the end of it. I mean, I, I, I think that the way people would digest one versus the other are very, very different. Um, and a much bigger difference than you know, whether or not Mahomes has two or three rings when we get to, to Sunday night. So um, I think Kyle Shanahan is probably the one with the most on, on the line from a legacy standpoint.
4: If the Niners don't win, so if this doesn't improve Shanahan's legacy, do you think it's time to start talking about if they'll ever get it done? Yeah, I mean, I think
3: Kyle's such a good coach and they're such a good organization right now that they're going to continue to create opportunities for themselves. Um, but winning a championship is a really hard thing, you know? So, And, and this particular group, um, again, I think the window is going to be open for as long as Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are running the team. But this particular group of players, if you look at the way that it it's set up, um, the highest cap number on the team, guys, is $12.5 million. And they have, I think it's nine players in the roster who are making $14.5 million per year or more. So they're fairly mortgaged. They have a lot of things coming up down the line, where it doesn't mean everybody's going to be gone, but the roster could look pretty different in two or three years. So this is going to be one of the last shots with this particular group of players, and I think that obviously puts pressure on a lot of people because it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to create a group of players like the one they have right now. Where I mean, you're talking about eight, nine, ten people who are who are all pro level guys.
2: All right, Albert, we can get you out of here on a twofer. One Super Bowl prediction. Two, uh, Bill O'Brien or Chip Kelly. Who would you rather have as OC?
1: Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
2: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the
1: reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough
2: labor, you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. In Columbus. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say I'll go to
3: the Chiefs. I just can't. I'm at the point where I can't pick against Mahomes. That's all. Um, and it's as much as anything else because you get to the end of these games, and even if he hasn't played well and his team hasn't played well, he can still throw on the cape and win. we saw that the last time these two teams played in the Super Bowl. So, I think the Niners are a great team, not a good team, a great team. I just in this in this sort of on this sort of stage, I I have a really hard time seeing where um, where Mahomes isn't going to come through, and that doesn't mean he might not lose 34-31 because he left the field with the lead and, and the defense, you know, the defense let up a touchdown in the last minute of the game. Some of like that's possible, but it's really really hard to bet against. Um, it's really really hard to bet against Patrick on this stage. Um, and then the second piece I I would say I'd be happy with either of those guys. I really would. I like both those guys. They're both smart. They're both um both really good offensive minds. Um, so I, I think either of those guys would be great, you know, and I can understand why Bill O'Brien would want to take another crack at being a head coach and the fact that it could happen where his family's living and where he's from in Boston is probably the reason why he'd consider leaving Ohio State after well was it been a month, something like that um that's you know the one scenario where it's pretty understandable
2: albert you're the best buddy enjoy vegas for us since we're not out there and remember to hydrate for the love of god
3: <laughs> yeah i will i will thanks guys
2: thank you so much albert breer there on the north Homestead chrysler jeep dodge ram hotline i i think everybody read the press release from the browns today and i mean the browns did everything they played all the right notes you know, we're, we're, we remain committed to to being in Northeast Ohio. We value our partnership and collaboration with the city of Cleveland and Mayor Bibb. Uh, we're, we're, this is by no means the end of the road. We still have due diligence to do and all this. But I think the reality is, like, everything he just said is what's hanging in the balance here and even more. I, all those kind of marquee events and... Like, I don't know, man. If you had asked me 15 years ago, would you care if the, the Browns stadium was no longer in downtown Cleveland? I think I'd care a lot more. But, like, I think it's a tremendous loss for the city of Cleveland. At the same point, the Browns need a new stadium. Right. And if you aren't going to be an active participant in that or if you're going to say the right things publicly and then not come correct when the meetings are happening, I'm sorry. Like, the like, this is just how the game is played.
4: And I don't know where the right place in downtown Cleveland is for a new stadium. Yeah, It's it's not as if there's an obvious answer to that. So that's kind of my pushback on the maybe the city's not doing the right things or what. I I just don't know what the, what the actual answer is because for me, it's not renovating what they have. Yeah. What they have is terrible. Yeah. I wish they had something like, as Albert mentioned, Indianapolis, yeah. like Detroit. Fort Field in Detroit is awesome in the center of downtown. I wish the Browns had something like that but I don't know where you put it. You've been you've been to the Combine, right? Yes, Okay, I have
2: so that to me is I would what love, Indiana. Yes,
4: Indianapolis is awesome. Truthfully, even Minneapolis is awesome. There are a lot of other cold weather mid-market cities, and I, I realize Detroit's a little bit bigger. Minneapolis might be a little bit bigger, but you, I think, can make a reasonable comparison to Cleveland in those cities. They've all done it right, and I really want Cleveland to be able to emulate that. Putting it in Brook Park... As, as much as it could be a really cool area, it could be a cool stadium, I think having it downtown makes it feel more special to me. It feels right being town, downtown. It
2: maybe, does. Maybe it's because I'm from the Burbs, uh, and and I've lived in Medina County and Summit County and Portage County, um, and I, I have lived in Cuyahoga County, but like, maybe it's because I'm from the Burbs. I'm used to driving 30 minutes, 40 minutes to get to a Browns game anyways. Right. So whichever direction I'm going – at this point like i listen i think it means awful things for the lakefront i don't think the lakefront's getting redone without the browns being involved and i feel incredibly sympathetic to that but like to me it's like yeah, okay instead of instead of going up 77 i just keep going on on 480 and i i really think like i think in that scenario 176 acres you can do literally whatever you want right. and i think that means a cross between Indy and Jerry world. And I think that just makes sense. And I think you can build the football Mecca in town,
4: but you're not going to have Indy because the thing that also make in makes Indy great is they've got the convention center there. Mm-hmm. You're downtown. You can get essentially anywhere in downtown Indianapolis, the stadium, the convention center, all the restaurants there. And you barely have to go outside. Mm-hmm. You can do the same thing in Minneapolis In Minneapolis. You can get from the Viking stadium, which is on the East end of downtown, All the way to the Twin Stadium where the Wolves play and not go outside. Mm -hmm. Cleveland doesn't have anything like that. And the one thing I have about the driving, I'm from the suburbs too. I, I grew up in Parma. I grew up in Independence. So I get driving to places. But there's always something special about driving downtown for a football game or a baseball game or a basketball game. And I don't know that that can be replicated when you're driving to Brook Park.
2: Yeah, okay easy on the Brook park no, I heard that tone no um no so listen, I went to high is, school
4: right there my, I went to holy Name I I've been in that area a ton
2: but I think my only rebuttal to that is like I think what's going to be making it special is instead of it being downtown I I I just don't think of Cleveland as just Cleveland I think of Cleveland as the area so like when I say I'm from Cleveland I really I am from Wadsworth I am from Peninsula I am from Cleveland I am from Manaway and so I think what's going to make it special is I just think it's a new tradition. I think I, I think when people say, well, I want it in downtown at at any expense, I also think unless you're um a politician, I do think a lot of that is it's cause what we know. Right. And, and I think the Browns have an advantage that the that the Cavs never really did with Richfield and that the Guardians really wouldn't if you put them in the burbs. I think the Browns are going to draw no matter what. And I think that stadium is going to draw because that retractable roof or that dome, whichever one it's going to be. They're Better not, be one of them. They're not the same thing, by the way, because I hear people use them uh, interchangeably. They're very different things. But, you know, all of a sudden, guys, we're not going to have to go to Columbus to see Guns N' Roses. You're not going to have to go to Pittsburgh to see the Foo Fighters. You're not going to have to go to Philadelphia to see Taylor Swift. So, like... I think very quickly, because of the uh, the universal nature of, of what you can use that kind of building for, assuming that is the plan and it seems like that is a plan, I think you're going to be surprised how quickly that new tradition becomes old hat here in Cleveland because of it's the right team to do it.
4: And ultimately, I'll be okay with it, no matter where it is. It's not as if I'm going to stop going to Browns games if it's in the suburb. I'll be okay with it. Just my preference is downtown. I don't know... And I don't know the answer to it. I don't. I would be upset for a little bit if they move out of downtown, but I'd get over it. I'm not going to stop being a Browns fan because they don't play on the lakefront anymore. That's that's,